Medtronic Technologies impacted more than 72 million people in the last year, equating to two people every second. Harnessing the power of technology to take healthcare further, each technology has unique benefits designed to serve patients. The goal of this program is to get closer to the patient and delve into the challenges and impact of each technology in practice. This is the Medtronic MedEd Learning Experience. The INVOS monitoring system should not be used as the sole basis for diagnosis or therapy and is intended only as an adjunct in patient assessment. Medtronic's medical education programs are offered to provide attendees education on the FDA-cleared indications and use of our products when applicable. The contents and conclusions of the following program are solely those of the speakers unless otherwise noted. The speakers are responsible for all content and any necessary permissions. The speakers received funding from Covidian LP, a Medtronic company, for this speaking engagement. For this segment of the series, a discussion on the value of NEARS and clinical practice in the NICU, how does INVOS monitoring work? To help provide insight into this topic is Carrie Marin, PhD, NNPBC, FAANP at Augusta University. So basically, the INVOS system, which is manufactured by Medtronic, is a, a non-invasive cerebral somatic monitor that measures regional real-time tissue oxygenation, extraction, and utilization. So what that means is that we can monitor the brain and basically the mesentery and the renal tissue beds for how much oxygen is specifically being used in those areas. And it gives us this information in real time. And that's very important. We're gonna get into why that is so important a little bit later. But we're measuring these beds at the same time, which tells us that there is a difference in the oxygen uptake while we are looking at it. So the brain may require more oxygen at any given time than the kidneys or the gut. But there can also be changes in those trends that can alert us that it could be that possible or actual tissue ischemia is occurring. And so this is, it, we have to remember, really like anything we do in neonatology, that we need to monitor trends over time. That's the most, probably one of the most important um, pieces of information I want you to take home is that if you do NEARS monitoring, you need to do it over time. Looking at one point in time is not gonna tell you before and after, especially if you are um, intervening to try to improve perfusion, it's not gonna tell you if it's responsive or not. Okay, so we do, we do monitor cerebral, renal, and mesenteric beds where the probes are placed for optimal readings. So for the cerebral, for the tiny babies, we put it in the middle of the forehead, but for our full-term infants, we can put it either on the right or the left or both for cerebral monitoring. For renal monitoring, we um, put it either on the right or the left flank and then for mesenteric, we put this, 
the sensor in the peri-umbilical region. Now, just with, like with any device, with any technology, there's always limitations and you have to know what these limitations are because sometimes they can help you troubleshoot what may be occurring with your baby physiologically. And most of the limitations do occur with mesenteric monitoring. And anything that can um, alter the infrared path length could distort the reading. And those things are, such, are things such as ascites, um, pneumoperitoneum, or the collection of free air, fluid, or edema. So anything that can interfere with that infrared path length or the ability for the infrared light to be absorbed. That could be due to the presence of stool in the, in the intestine. So that may not necessarily tell you that there's any pathology occurring. Um, it just may be a normal aberration from routine trend monitoring. The other um, thing that has been shown to possibly interfere with accurate monitoring is hyperbilirubinemia. And that, and we've shown either direct, mainly direct, excuse me, <coughs> mainly direct and sometimes indirect. But the, the magnitude to which the RSO2 is affected by hyperbilirubinemia is very, very minimal. Again, this is why it's so important to monitor trends over time and not rely on one reading at one specific time. Cerebral monitoring, and you can see how we have the sensor placed on the forehead, and this sensor has a light source and it emits two lights of different depths. One is shallow and one is deep. What comes back to be read by the monitor is the deep minus the shallow. So what this light is, is it's absorbed by the chromophores or the hemoglobin, okay? And the hemoglobin that is bound to oxygen has a different absorbing spectra than deoxygenated hemoglobin. This is very important to remember because what the RSO2 reflects is the difference between oxygenated hemoglobin and deoxygenated hemoglobin. And we are measuring that difference from this tissue bed. Okay, we're gonna get further into what that difference means. So this is a reflection of normal tissue vasculature. So let me just walk you through this right now. So the RSO2 measures oxygen extraction in the tissue bed as compared to pulse oximetry or SpO2, which measures oxygen in a pulsatile vessel or the artery. So that is the difference between what RSO2 or the NEARS measures between what pulse oximetry measures. The pulse ox is going to tell us how much oxygen is leaving the heart. It is a global reflection of oxygen available to be delivered to the tissue bed. What NEARS measures is how much oxygen uptake is occurring in the tissue bed. So 
under normal circumstances, okay, this is a reflection of oxygen um, reading in the tissue bed. It's primarily venous weighted, and it's a 75 to 20 to 5 ratio. So what the RSO2 or the regional saturation tells us is that difference between oxygenated hemoglobin or what's being delivered to the tissue bed minus deoxygenated hemoglobin, the oxygen that was extracted in the tissue bed. So it's measuring a balance between what we got delivered there minus what that tissue bed was using. And again, its ratio is 75 venous, 20 arterial, and 5 capillary. Now, the invose, the range of the invose reading is 15 to 95%. And this is based on algorithms developed by the bioengineers. If you are using a device manufactured by another company, the range may be different. It may be 0 to 100%. So you need to know what device um, you're using and what the capabilities are of that device. So now we kind of get into um, a little bit of the, the meat of what the RSO2 tells us. So here we have a stable, let's, let's say this is a stable baby that's not exhibiting any pathology. Um, and is doing quite well. So what we see is 78%. That's the RSO2 on our NEARS monitor. That number is telling us that we have good oxygenation arriving from the heart that's entering into our tissue bed through the arterial, through the capillary network, and out to the venule. And it's telling us that this tissue bed, say we gave 100%, uh, I can't do the math, but it's not using, but I think it's 22% of the oxygen and 78%. So the difference between 178 would be a 22, which is about right. It's around a 25% uptake in the tissue bed under normal hemodynamic stable circumstances. And the coloring here reflects oxygenated blood, traversing that tissue bed with the oxygen being extracted back to the blue, which is the deoxygenated piece going back to the heart. So the capillary level measurement of venous blood is an early indicator of changes in the adequacy of perfusion. So this is the area that we're concerned about. So let's look a little further and let's say this is the same patient over here. We went from a 78, now we're at a 45. So we have definitely a huge difference. So what could be the cause? Well, you see here in this picture, the arterial is thinner. Maybe we have vasoconstriction occurring. Maybe there's changes in a total body uh, perfusion or the blood pressure, or maybe a hypoxic event is occurring. And the changes in this color, we went from red to purple very quickly. So we had greater oxygen extraction 
from the oxygen that was delivered and we have less going back to the heart and that's where we get this 45 percent so we've had a change in oxygen extraction or oxygen uptake in this tissue bed please tune in next week for a new segment from this series wherever you find your podcast this is the medtronic med ed learning experience thank you for listening